Love and Watches is a family-friendly podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team who've been wearing and collecting watches for more than 45 years. They enjoy bringing you the latest in collecting, interviews, news, and all things interesting in the world of watches. Enjoy the show. Hey, watch fam. Hey there, this is Perpetual Girl. And this is Ranch Racer. You guys are listening to the Love and Watches podcast, the podcast for all watch lovers. We are in day two of the mandatory quarantine here out in, or whatever they're calling it, the stay-at-home order out here in California. Shelter in place. Which is really no different for us because I work from home and you're home all the time, so. Not too much of a change. Not much of a change. Stores are a little crazy. I tried to get some groceries yesterday morning. It was a little weird, but uh, yeah, other than that, not much of a change. Hope you guys are all hanging in there wherever you're located. It's definitely some tough times, but uh, hey, we just got to get through it as a as a community, and, and uh, hopefully in a few weeks here, we'll be back to normal. So uh, we have a special treat for you guys. We had an opportunity to sit down for God, probably about an hour and a half, I think, with um, uh, a friend of ours that we've known for a bit over Instagram. Uh, that's Jared Payne from Buying On Time. We just finished talking to him. Yeah, and so if you've uh, if you've ever seen his his Instagram account, Buying On Time, you will know some of the amazing vintage pieces that he puts up for sale and that he owns personally. Just a really, really good guy and uh, tons of knowledge about vintage watches, specifically around a lot of the vintage American brands. And uh, so, yeah, we we had a great time with him and uh, we're going to bring that to you guys. So we've got our wrist checks on there with him and pretty much everything, right? Mm -hmm. So, Well, we hope everyone's doing great out there, um, staying safe and healthy. And spending some quality time with people at home and pets. Yes. And what, what's what we have a motto kind of right now. No fighting in quarantine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to lift, get on each other's yes, nerves. <laughs> lift each other up. We all want to lift each other up yep. at this time. So, all right. Well, with that, we hope you guys really enjoy it. Here is our interview with Jared Payne from Buying on Time. Man, here we are finally after months of trying to set this up. Uh, we've got our friend Jared Payne on with us from Buying on Time. Jared, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. Glad, glad to be able to uh, get with you guys and have a little chat. Been long awaited. It, it has. I, I, I can't. I've lost track of how many times we've like scheduled this and had to cancel it for some reason. So I'm, you know, I guess it took a, a global wide virus for us to finally get the schedules uh, locked up here and get on the phone. So that, that sounds about right. A lot of people are at home. That's how life works, isn't it? Sometimes. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us stuck at home, but um, anyway, it's, it's great to finally have you on the show for, for our listeners who don't know Jared. Um, if you fall, you got to go into Instagram. You look for buying on time. Um, Jared runs a, a pretty amazing little business with with vintage pieces that we're going to talk about today. We've actually uh, bought some pieces from Jared, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Jared, you're out in North Carolina, right? Yep, I'm right smack in the middle of North Carolina. Okay, Ashburn, just right right where our big zoo is. And there's a little fun fact for you. I think land wise, the North Carolina Zoo. Uh, which is just about 15 minutes away, is the largest zoo uh, in the world. Really? Believe it or not. Yeah, I think land-wise it is. Look it up. Fact check me. 
you know. But uh, yeah, that's a little claim to fame. That just made the show right there. We, we learned a new fact. That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up right now. Are you really? Look it up. See, look if, it up? see if I'm right. It's a it's a, a a big a pretty big plot of of land they've got out there. So um, they've got mm. some good free ranging animals and mainly the African exhibit. But they've got a North American African exhibit. It's pretty good oh, little place cool. if you ever coming through. That is cool. We'll have to if we ever get out there, we'll have to check it out. We're if you don't know, we're definitely into animals. We got we got a bit of a zoo out here. So yeah, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Wow, it looks like. The North Carolina Zoo welcomed its fourth baby white rhino in two years, just 12 days ago. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, I think think I did see that. I think I saw the photo of it. That's amazing. I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's great. Well, let's let's dive into it, man. I want to... I want to educate yeah. our listeners because we we love the stuff that you post. Uh, you know, I, I probably Thank came you. across you maybe a year, year and a half ago and and ended up uh, emptying the wallet a little bit on a couple different pieces that one that we were sometimes looking for and to. sometimes you just got to do it. And they're they're one, both incredible pieces. One was for me. You got me as a gift. One was for, for PGA. Yeah. And then the other one was kind of for both of us. And I ended up kind of stealing the one I bought for you. And that worked you out did. real nice for me. <laughs> hey, you might as well it's do nice your... when you can it's nice when you can share the same some of the same taste though that's a that's helpful we do yeah we, and we do. actually that's do great. share we share the, a lot of our watches um the ones so the ones we bought from you were a, a gorgeous i think it was a 1972 pogue seiko pogue which i actually happened to yep. be wearing on my, for my wrist check today but uh, and then we also bought the an original Bulova oceanographer when I got the reissue a couple years ago. Yeah, so, the V, the orange, yeah. the orange oh, V. Man, that thing is yeah. just beautiful. And, and that's the one that I stole. Yeah, you kind of because it's a great size for your wrist. The, the Pogue's big, but I mean, speaking of of wrist checks, why don't we get into that and then we'll we'll start talking a little about about your business, Jared. So uh, we'll uh, let our guests go first. What do you got going today? Well, you know, like I like I always say with a lot of people when I'm in my shop, I'm I'm generally never wearing watches, which people are appalled at me about. <laughs> um, but I've got so I've got so many watches sitting around. I mean, uh, it would probably we'd probably have to pause the show for sixty seconds for me to count the number of watches I can see right now. <laughs> so, uh, but I've got um, I had a. Um, uh, a Wittenauer that I posted the other day, um, a red bezel uh, Wittenauer dial. I think oh. the reference, what number did I have on there? Like a, it's like a thirty fifty three or something. Um, but it's got that roulette style dial. Yep. Or no, thirty five oh six. It's a thirty five oh six. Um, and then I've got a uh, a blue Elgin uh, automatic with. Uh, what I believe is on its original blue tropic star strap. And I will, um, so you can see them, they're both roulette style dials. I'll take a picture. I'll tag you guys in it. Okay. Um, it's there, there's some of those watches you've probably seen the Wittenauer, but the, um, which was two days ago. Except, no, no, excuse me. It was a week ago. Um, but the, uh, yeah, they're, they're one of those you have to basically let somebody see a, see a photograph. They're, they're funky. They're, they're got the seventies funk going on. Nice, a lot of nice color, but oh, um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, we're looking that's at the Wittenauer, right? That's that thing's just gorgeous with the the inner blue track and then the red bezel. That thing's awesome. Yeah that that one came. Um, I got that one from a lady, and it didn't have a crown. The crown tube was crushed. 
So it came with no crown. So I wasn't even sure really how well it would be running. Crystal was all was all scratched. I mean, you couldn't see the face well at all. Um, I've kind of gotten used to being able to uh, being able to see under the mess, and and if if I've got a couple angles and being able to tell kind of what's what's blemishes on the dial and what's typically not. And so I can usually take a pretty good guess. And as you can tell, it wound up being quite clean. Oh, it looks brand I, new. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. Um, so that's, that's one of the most, we'll probably get to that stuff later, but that's probably the most enjoyable thing about it. But, yeah. um, and then I've got an, I've got an, uh, that blue Elgin on the blue Tropic star strap that I will, like I said, I'll take a picture in a few and, um, and, and post those up. Um, depending on when this, when this comes out, but, but it'll be tagged on there so you guys can see it. And, um, yeah, it's just, just funky stuff. I, I have to kind of veer off a little bit from my, uh, from my Bulova things once in a while, just because it would all, it would, it could literally all be Bulova. If I'm not <laughs> so, there could be it worse things. <laughs> yeah, it could, it, it, it practically is anyway, but, um, you know, it's, it's fun to, uh, to branch out into some of these others. Um, <clears throat> Yep. So very cool. Uh, PG, you want to do a quick sure. Wrist check? Today I'm wearing a. We believe it's a 1972 Seiko Bellmatic. Yeah. There you go. This yeah. is one that I actually bought for my husband, and yeah. we got it back. And you know, for a while there, these things were so they were getting so expensive to mm-hmm. you know the the bidding yeah. wars and mm-hmm. on eBay, and you just couldn't you couldn't pick one up for less than you know two fifty three hundred. This has the blue dial. And yeah. we got it in. It was so dirty. I, <laughs> I picked it up for like $115, I think. Oh, that's good. It was yeah. so filthy. And it's gorgeous. I can't believe you got it for that money. Considering I what else out. is out there. I yeah. lucked out. I think uh, yeah. it It wasn't a buy it now. It was actually an auction and I happened mm-hmm. to win it. And you took the bracelet off, cleaned it up, and it looks brand new. That the pers- I mean, he had to run the bracelet through the ultrasonic cleaner six seven times it had so much skin and it was a lot of arm cheese yeah the the arm (laughs) cheese that you get caked on there it's the best when you have some of those that uh you know some of them that are are um you know physically in good condition and and everything hey I'll I'll take it as cheap as you want to sell it with as much arm cheese as you want on it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, I, but but there's a lot of those that people look over because it's kind of like, oh, well, I'd have to do all this work or I'd have to send it to somebody, you know, and, and I'm sitting here, one of these that grabs it, opens it up, you know, maybe tries not to take in a big, deep breath, but t- <laughs> pull that thing apart as quick as I can. And yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't take long and you, you, uh, you feel real good about what you've got. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. and, and. I've pretty much stolen this one, mm-hmm. but, uh, <clears throat> to get it, to get a proper maintenance on it. Cause we didn't wear it until we took it to our local watch person. And it was a pretty yeah. hefty price to get this Bellmatic complicated, you know, things going on. It, it was, you know, I did, it, it I did. Works. It it's, works beautifully. Though. It's good that I got a, a good price on it yeah. to buy it because we did invest For sure. quite a bit mm-hmm. to get the. Yeah, those done. type of complications, you know, you're gonna, you're always gonna have a little bit added cost. But the, but I feel like those um, are probably some of the more practical when it comes to complications. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, and that's kind of a personal thing. But I think I like alarm watches and calendar watches. 
I think are just by far more practical than chronographs. Now that's going to be a uh, mm, interesting a yeah. view that that a lot of people probably aren't going to take because you know we're we're definitely in a uh, pretty chronograph heavy time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people buying, a lot of people paying up for those. And and I mean, I do too. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have some, but um, honestly, uh, for realistic use, I've it's just not something. Yeah. So I'd like what you've got, what you've got and, and, and a watch, even if it is a chrono, but calendar, even better triple calendar um, yeah. like that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that triple, like that triple, triple date, um, Walkman chronograph. Oh yes. Like I've used the date, the date's way more functional for me than the chronograph. I just don't time, you know, right. I don't time things much. And, um, and now you want to talk about obviously having some expense, to get something going when it goes wrong i mean you know that that's kind of the it's like having it's like having a more expensive you know a vehicle that has all the bells and whistles is kind of like what a chronograph is you know but eventually you're you're probably going to pay the piper yes you know exactly. uh, yeah. because it's just it is going to be more expensive to maintain and to do all those things so um sometimes i sit and think you know f- for you know for how much i I uh, use these things, which is basically none. <laughs> you know, I'll run, I'll run them for the sake of running them to make sure that they'll, you know, that they're not just sitting stagnant. But uh, mm-hmm. right, I like, I like what you've got. I like the, I like the Bellmatic idea. Thank you. And I use the alarm a lot. I you really do. do. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. It's, yeah. it's extremely functional. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it doesn't wake me up though. If I need to wake up for something, it's such a tiny little, like a, a fly compared yeah, to it's a, pretty quiet. a, it's yeah. really quiet. So you yeah. have to. Now, are you wearing it to wake yourself up or do you sit it like sit it beside you? Uh, it's been, I wear it to, um, she, you don't wear wake that me up, to but, bed though. But like, you know, you're right. I probably should take it off and put it on the table right next to me. And then as long as it's round. If you put round, it on something and yeah. set, the, set the case up sideways, you might get a little more noise, especially yeah. sitting on like a bedside table. Mm-hmm. I know the, the Swiss, you know, wrist alarms, which there's others, but you know, a lot of them end up having those a shield 1750 uh 45 you know families in mm-hmm. there um or the 1475 um but the those are pre- some of those can be pretty loud and if oh, you put those on the, <laughs> huh. if you put those on the side on a table you i don't it, i guess it depends how heavy you sleep i wouldn't probably hear it but because uh, i'm a heavy <laughs> sleeper but the some of some people yeah it's it's it'd be quite a quite a ra- little racket there i'll do a test yeah, yeah. but yeah, i do, do love that. it though and i love the size i think um Love that blue dial. Yeah, it's, the it's blue dial. Watch. It's got some turquoise accents on it, and the the it's like a sweet spot for ladies. The um yeah. the thirty six millimeter good size thirty seven ish. Like I don't know exactly what this is, but it's you know the vintage watches being a little smaller, a little again. smaller back yeah. in the day for men are are something that I personally love. Mm-hmm. So so that's what I'm yeah, wearing. That, cool. That's awesome. Well, speaking of chronographs, like I've already mentioned and kind of spoiled, um, I'm wearing the Pogue that we got from you, Jared. It's so beautiful, oh, yeah. man. This thing, it is just it's so beautiful. The, the yellow dial on these pogues is, uh, it's a yellow that you just don't see anywhere else. You know, I mean, it's That's just that exactly. iridescent pop and, and, uh, it, it really is just a fantastic watch. Now this watch, one of the, it, oh, I'm sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're, no, you're fine. Oh, I, I, when I saw <clears throat> this, it, my husband always knows if I say, Honey, what is that? Yeah, then I know yeah. we're we're gonna have to buy one. Like the orange <laughs> monster. What like orange is monster. that? <laughs> and then I saw this, and I, I knew this was special, and 
Now, I want, I'm trying to think of if you found this one, if you saw Jared's post on this or if I had shown it to you. You might have actually seen it and said, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd been... Yeah, I can't, I can't remember on that one what... Because um, it's been a little while. I mean, I remember the watch. I was trying to think what I... I was trying to think what I did and clean it up, clean it up for need because a, a lot of those that the handful that I've had, I, I probably ended up putting new crystals on them just because it makes such a night and day difference. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you've yeah. got a scratch, if you've got a really scratch crystal on those, um, the uh, but that but you, like you said, the yellow on those dials, there isn't anything. Um, the the oranges, you know, like the like the oceanographer V, right? The snorkel that you guys have. Mm -hmm. um, you can still that Wittenauer chronograph that we've talked before. Mm -hmm. There's still some that have that are in that really close ballpark where if somebody just caught the flash of color, you're still not sure what they've what they've got. I can tell you if I'm scrolling Instagram and I see the yellow that pogue, you know it's nothing else. Yep. There's there's a couple that kind of uh, now there might be a couple of those quartz watches there in the early eighties that kind of copied them. If I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. um, maybe like, uh, what is the, what are the names or some of those? It wasn't like a citizen. I think Was there may be a few. Maybe mm -hmm. so. I can't, I can't remember. I think I felt like there were a few that of the uh, courts models that came out that kind of were, were in the ballpark of that copy, um, of that Seiko later. But as far, but, but, Nine times out of ten, it's not because half yeah. of those probably don't run. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you don't see them much. But yeah, that one, when I see that, you could basically, you know, put your Vegas money down on, <laughs> on 100% what it is, which is yeah. which is cool. I mean, that's that's one of the one of the, one of the fun things about um, watches that that are so popular now. Most of the watches that that are popular now, it seems like at some point. It was. It may have not been popular by volume back then because a lot of these watches that we're wearing, compared to the market, mm -hmm. were not popular, yep. just at all. Uh, you know, for a myriad of reasons. It could be because the average person wasn't going to buy them, but most of the time they didn't produce the numbers of your average gentleman and ladies' watches, yep. right? Because yep. they just they just knew their market wasn't there. You know, I, I I've told people this before. I remember asking. Uh, this is kind of a non sequitur, but I remember asking my my dad about that. Like, do you remember many people wearing divers watches? You know, when you were growing up there in the seven, you know, sixties, seven. And he's like, no, not. I mean, none of us went diving, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so nobody went and was like, oh, I need to buy a divers watch. You know, I mean, now granted, you're in the mountains of North Carolina and stuff like that, but um, you know, outside of Asheville. Um, but the uh, but yeah, so it's it, it's interesting. Even so, you had a lot of styles that were copied, and it's really neat to find the vintage watches that are very popular now that basically, for you know, almost completely did not get copied by anybody else. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, and you did, you don't, and, and and I think the, you know, you obviously have that Pepsi bezel, but that dial, I mean, you would think, hey somebody would probably come along and, but you just don't have it. So it's neat to see one when you can take a quick glance and know what it is and know that there's basically nothing else like it. We're passing it That's back a, and forth. 
Yeah. It's a, yeah. And it's that's a, a large. That's why it's a, that's why it's a great one to have. Yeah. It, it is. And, you know, considering the, the reissue craze we've seen in the last few years, I'm kind of surprised we that Seiko has not looked into doing a reissue of it. Maybe they have looked into it and just wouldn't be cost effective. But it, it's such a popular watch and they're not easy to find anymore, especially in good condition. But, uh, you know, the funny thing is actually you mentioned you don't really. I'm, sho- I'm shocked, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. And. I actually use the chronograph all the time. I mean, if I'm barbecue and I'm, I'm timing my meat yeah. seven minutes or so, I'm using my, my watch. I'd leave the phone inside and I'm using the chronograph that I got on my wrist. So it, I actually really use looks, them a lot. That's the way to do it. It yeah. looks really, really yeah, nice on you. That's excellent for people to use them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a pretty large watch. And it, and yeah. uh, Ranch Racer has a large wrist. So it looks it looks fan- perfect on him. It it's a little so bit. It looks it looks good and modest on him. Really, really nice. Bulky. Yeah, yeah. It it's it's bulky. got. I mean, it's got good wrist presence, but it's not. It doesn't look oversized on me. Whereas on on PG, on me, it's, it's, a, it's almost. Huge. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to have that look where the lugs are hanging over. Yeah. yeah. My you know yeah. the outside of my wrist. I mean, it just barely fits. And with the right outfit and a sweater, it, it it's fun. But it's um it's a pretty big watch. It is. But God, it's yeah, just yeah, no, it's a great, great size, and um, yeah. with the with the bracelet on those and the look, I, I like on those that the um, you know that the bezel, a lot of your a lot of your divers watches of the air had the bezel that really took up, um, mm-hmm. the, it was really larger than the case in some instances, yep. but at least went to the edge of the case, and you you know, that's that's neat on a on the fixed bezels like that. Um, it's a lot narrow. It's narrow. Best of both worlds. Yeah, mm-hmm. best of both worlds. It it keeps it keeps that look. Uh, it keeps that look a little bit modest. So when you kind of see it, it's almost a little bit deceptive. Um, it is larger, but but I've had them on, and I don't have a very big wrist, and they still look good just because it it doesn't kind of provide a little more of that illusion. There's some of those watches that kind of provide a little bit of an illusion that they're, you know, that they're bigger than they are. Right. Um, yeah. But that one, that one does well. I mean, it, I've I've had several of them on my wrist, and if it just wasn't for people liking them a lot more, you know, than somebody sitting here with too many watches to begin with, <laughs> it was, you know, you know, it's like, well, I mean, because I, you guys, there's there's some others who just, oh, I love it, you know, I want it, and it's yeah. just like, okay, <laughs> well, and I think that we'll, we're going to get more into that when we start asking you questions about how buying on time came about. But before we do that, um, I do, we do, we want to just understand, you know, are watches something that you've been into your whole life or did this come in later in life? How, how did it start? And, you know, we obviously know where it's snowballed to, but you know, how, how did it all kind of start for you? Well, it was probably, um, you know, I've always like appreciated the older, uh, just things in general. I'm one of those kids. I, I'm I'm the middle child. So my brother, my older brother, um, he's at on Instagram. He's pain leather and tool. Um, we if you ever see me post a repost um, mm-hmm. stuff on my stories and stuff of pain leather and tool, the reason is that's my older brother, um, who's just incredibly talented at anything that he does. Um, and he kind of got that I think being the 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 first child seeing himself working things out, figuring things out, reading books that he shouldn't have already, that he shouldn't be reading. You know, he was just way ahead on that type of stuff. And I'm here, I'm the second kid coming along asking to, uh, wanting somebody to play with me, wanting somebody to play basketball with me, wanting me to do it, you know? So, um, 
that's why I'm all, I'm the one constantly talking and doing stuff. He's back there coming up with these projects and making these leather tools and these cases and n- custom knives and stuff, just like popping them out in his shop in a couple hours. And you're just like, what in the heck? But, um, <laughs> but so I, so I've been the one to like follow my dad around, just ask, play 20 questions to the point of, you know, basically tiring him out. But that was, that was a weekly thing, you know, growing up asking him, what did you do when you were a kid? Or what did you have this? Tell me about this. You know, I guess, um, you know, I was kind of wanting to be the family storyteller one day, but, um, was asking, you know, asking all these questions. And so I kind of had this, as I would go along, I would have this kind of mental image of, you know, what he, what, uh, what his life looked like when he was my age, you know, as I was kind of growing up. And, um, and so that morphed into, I mean, I've always liked older cars. I've never had, you know, I don't have one now, but I've, I've always appreciated those, but it really probably manifested from a semi collecting standpoint with old baseball cards. Um, hmm. he had some old, some old baseball cards growing up. Um, and the ones that, didn't get thrown away with his comics by his mother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ouch. Uh, went off to college, came back. Where's my comics? Yeah. We threw all that stuff out. Oh, yeah. There's no tell he had, oh, but, boy. um, but, uh, now he didn't have a ton of stuff, but just from the age uh, that mm-hmm. it was, you know, there's no telling. But, um, so I started picking up kind of vintage baseball cards and, you know, or, I, or I'd send him pictures before I buy some of them. You know, do you remember these? Oh yeah, I remember that stuff well. And, and we're, <laughs> I'm a big baseball fan. I'm a big Braves fan, but I, but I like old baseball stuff in general. Um, I may know more about 1960s and 70s, you know, trivia than I do today, but I, I still watch. But um, that's kind of where that started. And so it was like, man, I'm as a kid, I always had baseball cards that were my age. Um, and you get older and older and you keep looking at the price guides and you're like, okay, this thing's been worth a dollar and 10 cents for eight years now, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, because you know, the car from when I grew up, we just weren't, you know, in the really in the kind of very late eighties and nineties, you know, that stuff's generally not worth anything. They mm. overproduce. Something. But so I started collecting those baseball cards and, um, got a decent little collection. You know, I kind of did that through, up through college um and then once i started work i remember my it probably was my older brother probably bought a new watch and i think he bought let's see i think he bought an orient what would it be um what do they call them like the like a the ray oh you know, yeah like the, the mako or the ray the, the dive yeah, watches yeah, yeah one of those i think that he bought um and i was like oh that's pretty cool you know i was already working i was probably doing i'm trying to think where i was working if i was working i I did tax accounting for a lot of years um Mm. that was what i came out of college doing and i was like yeah i've got a few little just inexpensive quartz watches that people had given me just kind of like gift watches that are weren't really a brand name you know Mm -hmm. um that I just never wore. And I don't even know if I still have them, but, um, the, he bought that and I was thinking, man, I'd like to, I, I, I can remember saying to him, I think it was on the phone saying, I wonder if they have many old watches. 
That's and and like you look back at it now and you're like, did you really ask that question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd never spent time looking. at I mean, just I mean, I knew that there were old watches, but I but I guess like, is there are there plenty readily available that are like running well and stuff? You know, because I just mm-hmm. had at that point I had just literally not been looking um, much. Uh, you know, I knew my dad probably had a few uh, of of his dad's kind of thing, but said that and immediately was like, okay. I don't, you know, I don't want new stuff. I like older baseball cards. I like older cars better than I like newer cars, you know. So I was like, well, if I'm going to get a watch, it's probably about that time to uh, to be wearing something better. And because um, most of the time then I, I probably just didn't wear anything. Um, and that's really where it started. And I started looking on there and you're like, oh, gosh, OK, I type in vintage watch on eBay and there's 27,000, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> OK, I guess they do have them. So that, that was, and, and I really started picking them up. I would say, I can't remit, I guess safely it was probably about 2012 ish. Okay. Maybe when I really started, when I really started, uh, grabbing one, messing with it. Oh, there's another one. Grab it. You know, that was really probably when it was. So it's been, it's probably been, it's probably about to be maybe, Eight eight years, I guess, or so. Wow, it feels like it's been longer sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's probably probably about what it was, which is nothing compared to some. You know, I'm I, I end up being buddies with with guys that are my dad's age. You know, that have been collecting for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah. nature. So it's really not that long in the scheme of things. I guess um, it's just what feels like, you know out of the year i bet you know when it consumes every other day if you average it out or something of your life for eight years it's kind of it's a lot you're immersed (laughs) yeah yeah. you you squeeze a lot into that time so well that actually brings us to a question that i wanted to ask um and i we talked a little bit about how i love vintage washes and a lot of female collectors there aren't as many of course as men so i'm sort of the voice of the the women yeah and we like the vintage watches because the sizes tend to be a, a man's watch, but it's just a, yeah. a little bit smaller because mm-hmm. not there's there is definitely a time and a place for bling and diamonds, which I love. But yeah, yeah, collectors want to have the watches that the men wear, but just sometimes they're too big. So, um, how what percentage of your customers are are women are collectors that are that are female, or are there any? I don't- you know, I think as far as collectors that I uh, that I knew were female that I knew were buying, I'm I'm honestly not sure. Um, the majority of the time that I'm dealing with a female, she has contacted me because she knows her husband's like seen something of mine. Mm-hmm. That, oh, that I get more than anything. Like, hey, I you know it's coming up on his birthday or oh, Christmas okay. or something, yeah. and I know that he's. Uh, you know, he, she, he said several times, Hey honey, come look at this. And I've seen that it's your profile, you know, or whatever. Um, that's the majority. So I, so I've, I've sold numerous things to, uh, ladies that I, that, but it was probably in that situation. I'm not honestly sure if I know for a fact, if I've had any who were, Hey, I'm a collector. Um, that, well, I know there is somebody I sold one to, um, in in san francisco um 
And then I think I helped her sell it again later. She kind of buys it. So yeah, there's there's maybe been one or two that I knew uh, for a fact. Wow. Um, hmm. Yeah, but but generally when when I'm getting contact and like I said, I I, I have fairly often. Um, it's been, hey, I want to buy him a watch. Right. right. Um, right can yeah. you can you help me out, kind of thing. But to your point, um, there are I'm I'm one of those that really likes a lot of those what I would consider um just midsize a lot of people would consider midsize like 36 or something you know or 37 but midsize to me is 32 33 34 right mm-hmm. yep because that's really in the vintage world you know that's really that's really the what the norm was a lot of those mm-hmm. years uh, you know if you're talking 50s 60s and even into the 70s but um bezel-less watches that are thin, that are extremely comfortable. Um, there are so many. I mean, I, I could truly, I mean, truly, if somebody said, I'll bet you X amount of money you can't wear watches under 34 for an entire year, I'd say, well, get ready to pay up because I've got <laughs> yeah. tons of, you know, it, it, it doesn't bother me, honestly, because really and truthfully, objectively they're some of the absolute most comfortable watches oh totally that I own. they are they are there's you never know they're there you never worry about banging them on the wall mm-hmm. you they they still have just as good of dials in some cases the dials are you know in some of these bulb models they're they're, they're not the same dial but they're the exact same style and everything that they put in a diver model yep there are some in those cases so there's there's so much there that um that ladies who are into watches, uh, you know, particularly vintage watches, I think are in the best situation for bang for buck when it comes to style. Oh, yeah. I, I picked up a bull of a, um, it's a square dress watch, but it's a cushion case mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's a self winding. It's a, I can't remember yeah. what year it was made. And but it's, it would have been marketed to men. It was, right? a, it's a men's but watch. It says Mike, it it's engraved awesome. on the back. It says Mike 1972 or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. perhaps it's from 72, yeah. but, um, I snagged that and I wear it, it. and great. it's, and yeah. it's a really, really uh-huh. nice boulevard. But, but that's the thing is my husband went to you to get the Pogue for me. Yeah, and it yeah. ended up being a little and bigger for your up, wrist than you prefer, but you yeah. love the oceanographer, right? The snorkel. Yeah, so that we share awesome. we share a lot, and and I'm more the collector. We have a large collection together, but I think as far as pieces, mine's yeah. a little little oh, yeah. larger. Oh yeah, you definitely you out. Yeah. And I and well, I love vintage. It's nice because it's kind of like for me, and I don't want to get ahead into any other potential questions, but it's 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 kind of similar to me where you guys it's hard to go wrong, especially when you share some of the similar tastes. And for me, it's kind of like with selling and also collecting, I just, you know, I pretty much am only going to sell things that I like. And if somebody doesn't want to buy it, then okay. Cause I like it anyway. Yeah. Right? That's, so, that's exactly. what we call it's a foster thing, fail. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like you guys, you know, Oh, I'll buy this. And you know, worse if it looks, if it winds up looking better on the other, then what did we lose? You know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not win-win, right? Yeah. yeah, we've done that several times, but it, it makes it fun. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It makes it yeah, fun. Absolutely. And, and you get different, you know, on wardrobe, you know, people who, who uh, will wear according to the colors that they're wearing and like to color coordinate and kind of do a little bit more of the fashion thing. With some of these watches that have different color, um, 
you know, some very vibrant, some subdued, or whether you're going to go kind of monochrome, the, it, it works out well, but just because some, some tend to dress, you know, dress differently and, and focus on that. It's nice to be able to go. Um, I don't do that much often myself, but the, it's nice to be able to go you put on something, you know, we might be going to get together with folks or we might be going to church. We might do, it's kind of nice sometimes to be able to, Hey, I'm wearing something that's kind of got some subtle greens. Let, let me go pull mm-hmm. a green watch real mm-hmm. quick. I mean, it's fun to, it, it's nice to be able to do that. Um, you know, some people do it really well, uh, with their wrist shots that they put on Instagram. You know, there's tons of people that I'm sure we all, we mutually know who, um, do great shots, you know, color coordinate in their shirts and, and, and what they're wearing. So it's, it's fun to be able to do that. I mean, that, that's the thing for me is the, is the variety. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, um, if given the choice between one incredibly expensive watch and a hundred that I love that just aren't worth as much, if I, if I had to make a concrete choice that could never change, it would be the hundred for sure. I agree. Yeah. And, yeah. and collections, it doesn't matter. You know, you, Someone isn't a collector if they meet a certain criteria. If you like watches and you have more than one, you're a collector as far as I'm Pretty concerned. Much, yeah. And it's really fun to see them, like you said, the men getting into the fashion. Like I've, I've seen so many yeah. beautiful gingham shirts with the colors coordinated with the watch, which is mm-hmm. it's yeah. fun to see that there's guys out there that have fun with it. Yeah, I no, agree. absolutely. And the pictures some of them take in, are incredible too, you know, they're, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of folks out there, and and I know talent. you know the technology and stuff today helps, but some of these guys you're like that could be in a that could be in a magazine, you mm-hmm. know, as a stock photo. I think it really could. Yep, they uh, work out there. So all right, so the next question before you answer it, I'm going to take a guess at the answer, <laughs> just based on what I've heard so far. So so yeah. the next question was going to be how, uh, you know, kind of how buying on time got started, and my guess is. So you the the whole watch thing with you didn't necessarily start because you loved watches. It started because you were into kind of more collectible stuff, and then started to realize, hey, there's that same kind of collectible market on the watch side. And then you started buying one watch, then another watch, and another watch, and pretty soon you've got this huge collection. And you're like, God, I got to start selling some of this stuff. <laughs> so you start what? selling. So is that kind of how buying on time came about? That's that's close. That's probably partially how it was. I I kind of got pushed into it. I'm one of those that um, like the with the baseball cards and stuff. I was collecting them, never with the intention to sell. So um, that's really my problem now, which my wife reminds me with uh, having a few <laughs> extra vehicles that um, I need to sell one. You know, I've got like an '86 Volkswagen Cabriolet. Oh, um, you should tell them what we've got sitting in the barn. 91 GTI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I bought that one and drove that one to work for quite a while. And if I just had another, I mean, just like a, an extra six car garage, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> you know, if I just, if I just had that, I wouldn't sell, like I've not, I've never yet sold any of my vehicles. And so, um, now we don't really have anything, um, too new and crazy anyway, which is allowed to be able to have a couple, but I've still got the truck that I drew that I drove all through high school and college. What is it? Uh, it's a, well, it's just like a 97 S 10. My brother mm-hmm. picked it up when he got out of uh, Marine Corps boot camp, drove it for a while and then wanted something else. And so we just kind of picked up payments on it and I drove it all through high school. But 
being out here where we are, um, I liked kind of recreationally a little bit to go um, kind of four wheel with some guys, you know. So get in get in your vehicles and go go ride trails and do be outdoors and do stuff like that. Um, so it's gotten lifted up and things over the year. It's actually sitting out there not running. I think the ignition switch is bad, which I'll be out there dealing with that garbage, I'm sure, soon. But uh, a flat tire, you know, all sorts of things. Um, but that – so I haven't sold anything that I've gotten yet, and that just kind of shows you my problem. I actually feel like I'm doing pretty good on the watch front because I do sell some. Yeah. But uh, – that was that that was kind of my initial worry is like, well, are you actually going to sell these when you get them in? But <laughs> um, but what it really start it really started. Um, I didn't have the idea in my mind that I was going to be collecting per se. It started out with I can't ever remember. I could go back far enough, but I think um, I think the first one that I bought was like a nineteen. 59 Timex Viscount automatic, um, which was a bigger watch. Um, I think that was the first one that I ever picked up that was still running because that was right, you know, kind of in my, my parents' era. Um, I, I, I always am attracted a little bit to buying birth year watches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't spend a whole lot of time on it, but there was a lot of good styles there when my when my dad and mom were born. So... Uh, I end up probably having more from when my mom was born, but, um, but yeah, so I probably picked up that one just because it was actually sizable. Some of those Viscounts and I can show you guys later, but, um, some of those Viscounts, I mean, they're like 36 pushing 37 and 59, but that's primarily because Timex made that big, it was a, it was a relatively big automatic movement. Um, Mm. not having the my guess is not having the um not ha- not being jeweled at all and everything they probably probably needed that oscillating weight to be a little bit bigger and heavier oh interesting to make sure yeah to make I, that's a guess mm-hmm. that's just kind of my speculation from knowing watches but it's you know those things are kind of made to where even if they were getting a little bit dry and stuff stuff like that and basically didn't have any oil they were still gonna right. turn right uh, not the best for your um pivots you know that don't have jewels but um they like like we had mentioned before privately that's they're kind of an engineering marvel in a lot of ways uh for how long they could last with what little stamped out movement that they were um but i had that one and then i picked up a i've I still got it somewhere it's uh i wear it once in a while it's I believe it's a 1962 bull of a jet clipper with the box with like the hard box and stuff. I think it may have the outer box too, but it started because I can't remember if it was that one or maybe the next one that I liked the look of it. And it was, I mean, I was buying, you're talking, I'm buying like $20 watches at this point. Right. Like I, I think I bought that bull of a, with the boxes for maybe like 45 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, something was wrong so i probably went in and needed a crystal i went into the went over to the jewelry store and uh because you know i'm just green as can be at this point and say well can you guys fix this and you know if you've gone into a, a, a modern jewelry store anytime recently this is not all of them especially some of the family-owned ones but but chain store it'll be oh no we don't touch those yeah Mm-mm. yeah yeah we don't we don't have anything to do with those mm-hmm. and i'm like well 
that does me a lot of good. And they're like, well, who, you know, out here, I'm like, well, where do I go? And they're, well, we only know one guy around here. He's an older guy who deals with it. This just happens to be in like Winston-Salem where I was working. Mm-hmm. And so they're just not, not a huge city, but a decent sized city. But yeah, there, there was really one guy. If you looked him in the phone book. So I go down there, um, bring it in. I'm sure I needed like maybe a crystal. And then one of the next ones, it was maybe, you know, the crown was coming off or one of them probably I'm sure needed just serviced in general. Mm. Well, I kept coming, I kept coming back and bringing him stuff and, and, and I would always ask him if it was something to fix. Well, how did you, how did you fix that? Like, what did you do? Ah, mm-hmm. And you know, I'm playing the 20 questions like I did with my dad <laughs> growing up. And um, I've just always, always like, well, if I'm going to stand here, I may as well learn something while I'm, while I'm here. Right. Um, and eventually it just got to the point where he was like, look, um, some of these things, I'm going to tell you what tool to go online and buy. And I'm going to, and you bring it in and I'm going to show you how to do it. Wow. That's awesome. And that, yeah. And that was really where it got. So I'm still buddies with him. He's probably now he's he's almost probably almost 70 um still doing his thing kind of part-time but uh yeah we just a lot of stuff it's it's always hey i need this and i'll run up there or you know hey can you help me with this and you know so we try to he's got a lot of stuff from his dad because he's actually a second generation watchmaker and his dad wow i think built the building that they're in maybe back in the 40s and he started working with him with them after um not long after school. So he probably started in the, in the sixties there with his dad. But so he's got a lot of good information, um, as to what they sold, what brands were good, what, when did they swap brands? They sold Elgin a lot, but then they went to Bulova and probably a contributing factor to why I like them is he just would say, yeah, we, we did a lot of Elgin and stuff, you know, back there kind of in the forties and fifties. And then it's, we started doing a lot of Bulova and he would be like, yeah, they've got some stuff that's just so nice and easy to work with <clears throat> and the parts resource that he is. It's, um, oh yeah, when that's you say, incredible. when you say Elgin, it, it, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, my husband has a small collection of Elgin pocket watches, mm-hmm. our local jeweler, uh, unfortunately passed away a few years ago and they have, they have these giant, um, what do you call it? Estate sales. Estate sales. And they did the one store. for all of, yeah. all of his pieces. And I bought up pretty I, I much all I, of his. I think I bought the first round. Yeah. Uh, a couple. So he's got several and they're Elgin and, uh, Waltham. Mm-hmm. One, one's yeah. a, but we won't get into pocket watches, but see when I hear Elgin, that's why I, I think was, of pocket watches. So that's it, why I was pinging you on that Waltham. Yeah. You just posted, man. Yeah. Cause that thing is beautiful. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, like I would highly, I would, that's, that's a little sub recommendation that I have for people, whether somebody has a, a, um, office at work or, um, an office at home. Um, especially if it's primarily a little watch office, do yourself a favor and, and just, you know, just leisurely or if they pop up or if you happen to go like an estate sale or you go to leisurely pick up some of these, vintage watches or some of these pocket watches that look as good as they do and put them in a little glass case and run them and let them be your clock during the some of the best looking and coolest watches were undoubtedly pocket watches yep that they, they have some of them have such they because they're broad dials you can see everything really good without being up close and they had some just absolutely awesome 
dials. I mean, you know, when you're talking about a lot of enamel dials and, and they just, back then they were able to make things that would be, if they tried to make some of the pocket watches that they did now, and you think of a reputable brand, you probably don't want to know what they would have to sell them for to do some of the things by hand that they were doing then. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the quality that you're getting and the, and the, the, the effort and the craftsmanship in some of these watches. But just in general, like that pocket watch, that's just a military pocket watch with a, I think it's just a base metal case. I mean, mm -hmm. that thing was probably a, that thing was probably produced for as an ORD watch for the gut for government use. They probably sold it to them for, you know, fifteen bucks or something. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, I mean, you're talking. Yeah, I mean, you're and you're you're just like, gosh. So I that's one thing I try to tell people like, do yourself a favor and just keep an eye out on pocket watch stuff and just get you one of the little glass cases and hang it up in there. That's what we have. Just go in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's that's probably honestly as enjoyable as anything when I'm when I'm sitting in the office is to uh is to run to run. I mean, I've got different ones so. If I want to, I'll, I'll I'll take that pocket watch out and sit another one on there, mm -hmm. uh, wind it up, and just let it run. You can hear that subtle tick, but you can see the time, uh, and it's just 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 a lot of of good of good qualities. Art, in it's that. art. It's, mm -hmm. Honey, what is the one I bought you with it the is. stag on the cover? The double hunter case, the hunter watch. Is that a Waltham? I think it's a Waltham. I'm going to go grab it. But that, that's the other neat thing about the pocket watches that we, we've talked to our listeners about is that they're big, so they're easy to see. Mm -hmm. And a lot of yep. them, you know, if, if they don't have just a push button flip open uh, case back, it's just that you just unscrew yep. it. So they're, yep. it's really easy if you're interested in the, in the, the inner workings of mechanical watches. It's so easy to learn. Uh, with a pocket watch, right? And absolutely, I've bought some older ones that weren't working, and some of the first watches I ever tore apart were pocket watches because they're big. It's it's a lot harder to lose. You know, you can still still lose parts out of them, but they're bigger pieces, right? So they're easier to see, and it's just yeah, a you don't good have, way. You don't, to, you don't have to worry about the 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 ends of some of your wheels and things getting being. I mean, they're they're generally a little bit less fragile, obviously. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's there. That's the perfect thing. You know, I think that's why a lot of people. Uh, and some of these more modern um, little watch events that they have will be doing the, well, what they say now, ETA, you know, the 6497s and 6498s mm -hmm. and stuff, um, which used to be Uninus, right? So ETA, people say ETA or whatever, I would say ETA, but they they bought, uh, you know, they bought that from uh, Uninus, or I guess when they took over Uninus, but right. um, the... Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just, it's the ideal thing to take apart and work on. The hard part about some of the, the older watches when you're, is if anything's broken. I mean, it's great. Generally speaking, they're not, especially if you can get it to run a little bit, get the balance to move, things like that. Generally, you're you're in good shape. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, what you're saying, it's, it's much easier if you're going to take one apart. Sometimes you can find them running for next to nothing. I mean, in the scheme yeah. of watches, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. you can find really pretty ones. Um, and, but yeah, they're just, they're just so, they're so nice. There's just something, I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a bygone era. It's a, you know, you're getting a lot more, you're getting more value most of the time in a lot of those watches than what you're paying. And there's not many, you know, there, there's some of those, they, there, there's collectors and everything. So, so mm -hmm. there's some of those pocket watches that are extremely expensive. Um, but for, but for 90% of them, 
uh, you know, you're probably truthfully in what you're holding in your hand and, and kind of, and aesthetically, you know, you're, you're getting more than what you're paying for a lot of times on those, which is, you know, not always the case just in regular wristwatches, just because, you know, prices are all over the place and some people just may want way more and you know it's a, but there's a lot of in, of, of uh, wrist or pocket watches that are just you might could get for 50 bucks online mm-hmm. and it's an you know might be an 1897 waltham or elgin or illinois or hamilton or hampton or uh there's just there's tons of them uh that were just crazy high quality watches i think we need to do a separate discussion with you about pocket watches because that's <laughs> yeah, something that we, something we we've been wanting to do and and we have i have some of my own i have a a, a waltham nurses or teacher's watch mm-hmm. and that you pin on I, oh, cool. you, you yeah. wear it on your on your shirt or your on your yeah. neck um your top of your little buttoned blouse or whatever and yeah this one yeah. i found online and it's engraved with an initial on the back that's actually my initial yeah which i couldn't believe no i just yeah i just flipped <laughs> So that's that's one that I have, and I don't want to get too I don't want to do too much of a sidebar here. But another one I have is a uh, uh, this came from the the same collection at the uh, jeweler in town. Mm-hmm. It's a Longines yeah. half hunter trench watch with the yes. the window like a World War small. Um, yes, this is a hundred and how many years old? At nineteen. That was well. That was a used as a trench watch in in World War One and even before that. But uh, I wonder if I've said. I, I bet I haven't seen that of y'all's because I've got a because um, I've got a nineteen twenty three long jeans trench watch too. Oh, does it have the little window in the front of the case? No, no, okay. mine mine doesn't. I mean, it really look. It looks like a. It kind of just looks like a, like a kind of a hunter style pocket what you know it's got nothing yep. on the front it just but it's just got the little fixed lugs on there mm-hmm. takes like a 12 millimeter strap yep. you yep. know um but uh yeah those are so cool and honestly i've had that one a long time i've had a lot of people ask me if i would sell that one uh, and, and it's kind of surprising you know considering considering you know i, I get people to send send me messages about watches that are ultimately you know just ones for my collection but i've had quite a quite a few people ask about those there's something really cool about them and and that's kind of that trench watch era or area is kind of that an easy crossover because the watches weren't super small they were still you know they still had kind of some 30 generally speaking had some kind of like 34 35 36 area size to them but they still if you if you can get back far enough they still carry that 19 teens 1920s uh kind of vibe with them uh which i mean a lot of people don't know the era i mean you know but it it makes them think pre you know pre 1930s which would go back uh you know even further but um there's a lot i mean we could i'm i'm no no pocket watch expert when it comes to details but obviously messing with them and kind of being interested in picking up some and dealing with them you just by default kind of learn but i love pocket watch i could i could talk for a, a long time about that um, all right that's our we're, okay, we're gonna we'll do, do another that. show yeah. <laughs> just just yeah, gonna yeah. be pocket and, watch I, and I just sent you i just awesome. i just dm'd you a photo of mine to your okay buying on time look from uh from perpetual girl yeah, let me look here and it's like the full-on trench watch so let's it has the see. the hunter case front 
with a window cut in the center, and then it's got the painted on numbers on the outside yes. of the case to protect the dial. This, this is a new band I put on there oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it had a, a lovely silk black ribbon with a gold clasp, 14 karat gold, mm-hmm. and it yep. was just too risky to wear it on mm-hmm. that. So I and this isn't a, this isn't the perfect choice, but this is simple enough and sturdy. No, that but, um, looks, isn't that cool. Yeah, that looks really good. The the windows on those, um, um, you know, that would be. Uh, kind of comparable to the to the war use of the you know the graded covers. Yes, that yeah. you see yep. over some of the so it. But that would be more practical for uh, its purposes. There, that's one of the uh, to me uh, that is of, of that era. That's one of the neat, the neatest styles that they did. Yep. Um, in that some of those watches, and I've seen them on some uh, some bigger pocket watches i believe too to protect the glass you know to protect your front that is such a smart idea to have your your hour uh you know numerals on the outside on a hard case where you can't crack your glass and if you need to see the seconds you can pop it open yeah it is such a cool yeah that's such a neat because really it looks like a if you were wearing it, it almost looked more just like a piece of jewelry. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, and you, you gave me that after I had chemo, I think. So it's I a did. Gift. I bought that one for yeah. you from, from our local jewelers. Yeah. That is so cool. I'll have to, um, it's a fun I'll one. find the, uh, I'd love to see a I'll picture find of the yours. Longines. Yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah, one doesn't, me... it is Longines. It's got a jeweler name on the, the dial, which Longines did a lot of those. Oh, Rolex Longines. did a lot. So yeah. this yeah. is a, I looked it up and found the actual old archived photo of this jeweler. It's an old black and white in some website I found <laughs> by accident, but I don't think they, they're yeah. no longer in business, yeah. but that's what this was. But I just love the font, the number font. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's because it's really, it's really that, that's probably that the Bruguette, the Bruguette style um, mm-hmm. numerals, right? Yep. Yeah, it's that. I mean, that's one of those. Uh, l- that's just a neat addition on a on a watch style like that that they did that that sticks out to me because it's not com- it's not super common. Um, no, it's it's a it's a cool like novelty, but, you know. But really, I think for ladies, yeah, and I think for ladies, I mean, you you can find once once the movements got a little bit smaller, they started doing some really pretty uh, pendant watches mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. on necklaces. Yep. They make like the one that you're talking like to put on your lapel or mm-hmm. your blouse. Um, I think that stuff's neat. Now, I mean, again, I'm not a lady, so I can't say whether that everybody might uh, appreciate, you know, wearing it like that. But I think for something smaller where, you know, you maybe don't want something on your wrist or maybe you like a little bit bigger, what I still think that's a cool thing Um it's definitely a conversation starter, if nothing else. But oh yeah, but I, I, I bet you'd be shocked by how many people go. That is so neat, and mm-hmm. and wonder where you got it, um, thinking that it might is it something new? Because I don't think a lot of people know, you know, know about them. Um, yeah, I love stuff like that. Well, yeah, I've spent quite a few hours, or many, browsing eBay for things like that, mm-hmm. and and I've even got an old. I bought in high school a ring watch. Remember the cheap quartz? Yeah. I got that at the little store and I thought I was so cool. To have a, a watch on your <laughs> finger. <laughs> yeah. Which, which No, it which, really is. Which actually brings me to one more question. We sure. have a lot of questions, but 
What hey, um, have you ever gotten a watch in that was sort sort of a sleeper, like a barn find, where you got this watch in and you thought it was a generic something that was you know, a lot were produced, and then you get it in, you open it up, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's rare. You know, something like that. Have you ever um, come across anything like a story like that, like a big I surprise? Think, I think most of. I, I did send you that launching just so you can oh. look at um, the. I, I I think that, I think that most of the one of the watches that I've come across. Probably known, mostly what it was. Um, you know, there's been a couple. I guess I would say that I was extremely pleasantly surprised that somebody you know, brings something to me or contacts me. Um, about a watch that's, you know, in rough shape, but I'm like, Hey, I could probably do some work to that. Maybe fix whatever, why it's not running well, you know, crown crystals, this, that, I mean, sometimes or got to order in parts and, and do some of do a little bit more, um, do a little bit more extensive work. But for the most part, for the most part, when I, when I buy, I'm generally, it's general. I generally know kind of what it is mm. if it fits in my wheelhouse or before I buy it, I'm going to, you know, kind of make sure that it's somewhere I want to go just because there's enough of these watches that I already deal in that people ask me, when are you going to get another one in or some of these type things. So I generally will try to put what I'm, you know, put my funds kind of into stuff that I know either I really like, you know, or something that I've sold before and I know that they're going to like, or something that I've looked at those, that brand or, or, or these models for a long time. And I know that that one is one that doesn't come up very often. Um, there was, a there was a, an Angelus, uh, chronograph that I got a while back in rush shape. And I don't know, I'm trying to think when I got it. I don't even know if it was really working well. The chronograph wasn't working. I don't know if you know about anything about some of the older Angelus chronographs, but um, you know, back in the a lot of their calibers because they didn't really go well. They went into the I guess maybe the seventy, but a lot of their their well known models. You know, the chronographs were the movements were really kind of based on some of that stuff they were producing even as far back as the forties, mm -hmm. like that Panerai put in that extremely rare, um, diver chronograph they have from yep. world war two. I forget the model name cause I'm not an expert on those, but, um, it was the same, it was the same movement that was in, that was in that one. And those are not extremely easy parts to get a hold of. Um, you can get them, but it's sure it's, it's worlds apart from, your, you know, your value and even, even some of your Venus, you know, stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I got that one in thinking, well, this is really cool, but let's see how this pans out. Um, cause I had no idea, you know, if it was, it needed, it, I knew it needed crystal and things, but the, the chronograph would just, uh, wasn't working. It wound up, um, I wound up being able to adjust some of it. I think one of the so one of the levers had got out of place, or maybe I had to replace a spring. I'm trying to think. This has been a little while, but that was probably one of the better ones because it was just kind of in rough shape, wasn't really running well, and I but I knew it was going to have good value to it. Diamond in the um, rough, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but you kind of kind of had to cross your fingers a little bit on some <laughs> of these and kind of, and I've got plenty probably still around that 
are are taken apart and and in little cases where it's like, well, we'll see when I can find that part mm-hmm. or something. You know, it's just one you took a chance on, knowing that it has, um, you know, knowing that it has a lot going for it, but it's uh, getting that part or, or something is just going to be a, a kind of a, a little bit of a war of attrition, right? Uh, so yeah. to speak. So, th- well, that, but that primarily, I primarily, you know, I, it's. I haven't really had many of those instances where it's just, okay, I'll buy this box of watches from you and I'll pull them out and see. I mean, generally mm-hmm. I'm looking at them first and kind right. of you know, seeing what I've got to work with just because I've got so many watches and, <laughs> and stuff. And people have given, I mean, people have given me boxes of watches, you know, that are primarily quartz, old quartz watches that don't run and stuff. But I mean, I've got boxes that probably weigh 15, <gasps> 20 pounds back over here just full of like 80s watches that don't want you know, <laughs> it's citizen, like a swap you know citizens and some seikos and some things like that that i assume a lot of them don't run some of them which have been tinkered with but it's got the bracelets on them it's got all sorts but it's just stuff that i'm not you know it's i'm uh, they're like well do you want to buy these and i'm kind of look through the first handful of layers and i'm like probably it's probably just not worth my that you probably yeah. be better off maybe seeing if some of them run trying to sell them and then they just, okay, well, we're just going to give you the box cause we don't want to deal with it either. So, <laughs> well, so, so you, you mentioned your wheelhouse and I want to talk a little bit about that because pre, I mean, I would say your biggest brand or the brand that kind of, I think got things started for you was Bulova, which is really interesting because yeah. Bulova for, for many, many years, Bulova was just nowhere. Right. I mean, there was, you didn't yep. hear much from Bulova, but in the last just in the last couple of years, right, with the oceanographer, and now they just released a new surfboard, which will be interesting to see how they do with that. We talked about it last week. It's it's a high yeah. price point, but but Bulova's making a comeback, and you you were in kind of early on the whole Bulova vintage thing. So tell us a little bit about that, and then some of the other brands that you really like to work with. Yeah, I mean Bulova is the thing about them that makes it so easy is, and this is kind of tied into a lot of their history, um, is the way that they did their production, the way that they did their parts. Um, they were one of, they weren't the first to do standardized parts, but they were probably, they were probably the first to do it on the level of production that they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, standardized parts for a long time, wasn't really something that you had, you know, if if some of the, some of the bridges and some of the parts, you might have to try a few, a few parts or slightly modify some, some of the older watches you'll see where even on the different plates and, and the bridges, they would have the serial number put on because it was, when it was manufactured, it, they, they had to, to adjust it and kind of fit it just for that watch for it to fit just right to run the way that it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you went and got just another, uh, an, another, uh, spare movement and tried to swap it over, it might, but there's no guarantee that it would, that it would fit just right the way that it needed to. Um, so you, there would, the watchmakers would be having to do little modifications and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, minor modifications, but, but Boulevard, they weren't the first, I don't believe to do kind of this, the, just a straight up standard where people were punching out parts, put them in, putting them in packets and selling them. Right. And, and they would guarantee that it would fit your caliber, but Bulova buying, buying 
you know, by far was the one that pumped out so many standardized parts that were just guaranteed to fit and had the everybody ha- had access to them. They were easy to get a hold of. And if you go look, even on eBay now, you can see lots of watches from watchmakers that just have tons of little packets of, you know, of balances or third wheels or, you know, this plate or mainsprings, mm-hmm. um, just tons of parts to get access to. So that combined with the ease of referencing, they were very good on the whole for get, putting model names on their watches mm. and for and for putting date codes on their watches. Yes, unlike so, some uh, brands like know. Seiko. <laughs> Bolova yes. was much better and at now, it. Now, 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 people will say, people will say with Seiko, they'll say, "Well, they, you know, I like them because they they made date codes, which right. is true." There's Partially. some blurred area in there. Yeah. You got to know the, the dec- you got to know yeah. the decade you're in, mm-hmm. right? And that's usually what I'm so, trying to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's some of those that I've seen where you're, it, it was. There's a few that are kind of were a little bit ahead of their time in design, mm-hmm. and so you're looking at it and you're going. Okay, is it 70s or is it 80s? Yeah. Like, is it 71 or 81? Like, I'm not totally sure. And especially if you can't open up watches, you know, you got to dig around a little bit. Well, Bulova, it was nice that they um, put a case code on the back of pretty exactly. much all theirs. In some instances, they were inside. But um, so you knew roundabout where that should be. Now, you could technically get different case specs swapped over or, uh, and there is some, there is some variance with, um, what, when they assembled it, when the case was made versus the movement. So you can have a couple years discrepancy technically. Um, Mm -hmm. but the nice thing is if you've got a, if you've got a, you know, a 69 case and a 67 movement, was it made, was the watch, you know, was the watch, released in 67 or 69 well it'd have to be 69 mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> you can't have a few you can't have a future case so it it just makes it easy to kind of know oh, okay well they they're making these movements by the tens of thousands and they're they're ready and so some of these were just previous stock but that's kind of going down a rabbit hole um that's one of the reasons though that i really liked them but so between their once I started messing with them and working on them between their parts availability, the ease of referencing the broadness and the attractiveness of Bulova's styling from the cheapest of the watches to the most expensive, I think of the American brands. What was the best? Yeah. Now you may, you may go back, you may go earlier. If you get real early, I mean, you're going to have a lot of attractiveness, um, across like Hamilton's mm-hmm. line. I was just going to say and that. Their, their quality was going to, I mean, you know, they were considered, they were considered the best of the American watches. Even, even in Bulova's kind of heyday, they still generally were considered that. But, but, but to be fair, I think once you kind of got to the sixties and on, I think the, the prior notion I've seen a, I don't know if I've ever posted it, but there's a, there were some old, um, what were they? Cons- probably Consumer Digest. I think I've got it saved somewhere on my computer from maybe the 40s or 50s, and they were ranking. They were uh, that particular magazine or who you know and who mm-hmm. whoever did it was um, was ranking the watch manufacturers by quality. 
and it's really interesting. And I'll go back and find it if you guys are interested in it. Um, but so they'll do kind of just internationally across the brand, you know, you know, across watches and you can see, okay, Rolex is down here at number 10 or <laughs> Omega is down here at number 15. And, um, then they would show, okay. And what about in the U S watches? So I think Hamilton probably cracked the, I think the international list, but then you saw like the, out of the U S watches and they kind of ranked them. I think that probably kind of drug over from the forties and fifties, but really, Quality-wise, and what you were getting, especially for for the price, which you know is is a little bit different when you're talking about bang for the buck. I really think Bulova probably had them licked in there. Um, there's they just there was very few of the styles. If you get into some of the later Hamiltons and Elgins, you get some good styles. You get some cool divers, and then you get some that are just yeah, that was an experiment. Right. You know, that yeah. that was kind of a reach and it and it's it's got some interesting uh it's got some inter- you know, some of them would go funky chunky, but then but it it was gonna be kind of to the extreme where you were either gonna like it because it's super funky or you're not. Whereas Bulva had, you know, they were they they did some kind of modest styling within making a little bit of chunk or doing a little bit of this to where you could go, okay, that's kind of a chunky case. I can tell 70s, but the dial doesn't just scream 70s, 70s. You know, it's still kind of a nice, modest, kind of easy to look at dial. Um, but but from their ladies' watches to the men's watches um, and on, they had just great styling, um, a lot of simple, just good-looking uh, field watch style, kind of skin diver style. Mm. But but really, the what the biggest ones that get overlooked, like the that '62 Jet Clipper and stuff that I've got, uh, along with tons of others, just nice, easy, classic styling. That if you actually put it in somebody's hand in person. They're going to go, well, maybe this is smaller than I normally wear, but if I'm just looking at the case and the dial and the hand, this looks great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a common thing for me to hear. It's just that I think people scroll down half the time, and if it doesn't just scream big and out there or you know, if, the, or if they look for the case size first or if it's not something that really pops – um, you know, it's just easy to scroll by these days and not even stop and look at, um, like I'll post some on my Instagram and, you know, I'll post, I'll go, well, I'm posting a watch here on, uh, Sunday. Like I'll do my little, every once in a while I'll do my little, the watch in the word type thing. And it'll be my Sunday little post. And so I'll go get one, a little, a little nice looking, uh, you know, gold plated bullet that I've got. That's just got a beautiful little dial and put it on there and, you just, you, I know I'm not going to get as many likes mm-hmm. as I do on my other stuff. And I don't care because I'm not, you know, I'm not doing it for that. But there's a lot of them where if if you let people see them in person and some of them I've, I've brought with me, people will be like, this is really a, just an excellent looking watch. But, you know, it's just uh, just kind of the kind of the culture that we're in. It's not eye popping and it's not big and bold, but right. um, trend. Yeah. But so so outside of Bulova though, so there's my reasons for really liking Bulova. I could some someday I'll have to take a a uh, make a little collage 
in a big photo and post it on the website or something with kind of like a like a by year progression of some of my favorite styles that go from 50s through 70s mm-hmm. and just let people look at them across like let it fill up the picture so you don't know how big the watch is right, right. so yeah. the size doesn't you're just looking at dial and just let people go across and if i was to do that i think it would speak for itself the the reasoning because i think there would be people who if you let them click on which ones they liked all of them would be clicked by yeah. somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and you would find that out. But um, Ben Russ is probably my second favorite. Um, they just had a lot of great styles. You can't date those things. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's really pointless. You know, as far as I know, there, there's not really anything out there that dates them well. But like Bulova, they did, they did a good job of putting out um, advertisements that had names on them. Right. They flip-flopped a little bit on their names, uh, like like some people, uh, like some others. They weren't really... Bulova was a little more kind of anal retentive on keeping some of the names, like for that model, stays with it. And if you ever see something called... The, the same watch called something drastically different that you've never heard, a lot of times that was in a local jeweler's advertisement right and like they didn't know the name and they put a name on it when they had guy drawing it or printing it up um but bulova if it's an actual if it's not a jeweler's you know because bulova put out a lot of the advertisements themselves they uh they were really good about that ben russ will have the exact same model one year and the next year be called something different so Hmm. um a lot of times they did change, but they they uh, they had some that would stick around. But the nice thing is is they've got they do have a lot of advertisements out there for you to find what period your watch is in. Uh, so that's a nice thing with with them. Uh, there is a ton out there. Um, otherwise, it's generally it generally is American brands. Um, that was always kind of my favorite. So yep. obviously, Hamilton, Elgin, Waltham, Hellbros was cheaper. It, it, you know, my, my whole watchmaking buddy always makes fun of him because he goes, oh, yeah, those watches with the good housekeeping seal of approval on them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they did on a lot of their advertisements. They they were sponsored or, wow. or did a deal with good housekeeping or whatever. And so they had a little good housekeeping guarantee <laughs> on even some of their boxes. Like e- even I've, I've had some new old stock sets that I've opened up and it would have the little good housekeeping seal in there. Um but they were cheaper, um, you know. They still, you can still find some of their chronographs and some of their watches that came in like solid stainless. But they did a lot of plated. Um, Bulova, for one, most of the time did not. Ben Russ rarely did. There are some exceptions, uh, but a lot of times they didn't. Uh, now Caravelle, Bulova subbrand, which is mm-hmm. I just kind of lumped them in with Bulova a lot of times. Um, they did. Because they they were supposed to be a little bit lesser brand, they did do more plated stuff, but they've still got solid stainless stuff and and plated's really not the end of the world. That that could be another discussion too. But um, those are primarily like Weiler. I like Weiler a lot. Um, they they didn't over the longevity. They did you know bring in some styles that I would be like man, just I think they tried to do too much there or whatever. But um, like like Benrus, Benrus did a lot of your um, of your mono cases, right? So no case backs, even even just on non diver watches, 
mm-hmm. which is really which is really cool. So there's no case back, there's no case back gasket. I mean, you're literally doing a um, pressure fitted crystal, or uh, in some cases a bezel. Um, in the ultra deep, uh, not the compressor, but the ultra deep um, diver that has the the external bezel mm-hmm. like it has a it has a pre, it has a screw down ring that screws down and and tightens around the crystal to hold it down right um and then weiler did a lot of stuff like that so weiler had um they had like multiple some of them had multiple rings that snap down over the crystal with no case back so less you know less risk in getting your watch i mean really and truly you could make a watch like that today and it be extremely, extremely water resistant. Um, so it's a, it's great designs. They were doing willing to do stuff that just the most of the industry was not touching. Um, so that's why I kind of like those. And, and Weiler had some great looking divers and and stuff too, um, which I don't share quite enough of of those. I will once in a while, but you kind of just gotta watch and catch them. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like. All the big, all the big brands, you know, a lot of the big brands all have good stuff. I mean, I think they wouldn't have the broad appeal that they do. Um, I've got several Omegas. I mean, I've got some, I've got some kind of hand, old hand wine Omegas, which I love, mm. you know, Seamaster 300. Um, I've got a 72 Speedy. It's funny because I have those and people will be like, well, I, oh man, I bet you wear that thing every day. And I'm like, let me go scroll my feed and see when last time <laughs> I wore that. That's <laughs> me. <laughs> it's not that I don't like. I mean, it's just, it's just, um, like a Speedmaster, for instance. And you know, there the guys who really like Speedmaster, you know, probably wouldn't like me saying it, but um, wears great for the size that it is. It, I, I, I wear it around and it wears great. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, but there's just a lot of watches when you've, when you've gone through enough watches and, and you have enough watches and you've tried enough of some of these really cool vintage watches on, there's a lot that when you get on your wrist, you know, it's not, you think less of it. You just don't necessarily think more of it. Right. Um, and then what you originally thought, um, and, and kind of a, we'll probably have this, we, we may have this collection, uh, discussion question, uh, coming up, but if you run into one that you put on your wrist and it's not just a momentary, oh my gosh, I've got to have it. Uh-huh. Then you, then, you know, you found a watch that you should keep, but it, it shouldn't be. Oh well, everybody else has them and thinks they're cool. You know that's right, kind of yeah. my thing is that I don't always buy it because I've put I don't always buy the hype, even on a well-known watch because I've got some that I wear that I think are great watches and they're great quality and they look cool, but that's still not enough in my book to necess- to to make me wear it every single day. Right. I mean, yep. yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and never. So that's kind. Of, that was a long question. I I mean, a long no. answer. I apologize, but um, you know. I could say that I could say the normal, you know, I could say, oh, Rolex and Omega and this and that. But I would probably be I would probably be a little bit disingenuous in that I don't have near as much fun on those as I do with a lot of these that I've just, you know, I, I get and I clean it up and I'm just smitten with it and I post it up and people go, you know, you'll have one or two people. 
what is that? Mm, I've never that's... seen it. Like I love, that. yeah, I love that. It's like, well, totally. you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, take a I... walk in the wild. <laughs> I'm looking at one right now for sale on your site, and I'm in love. Which I one? should not oh, be man. looking around. No, you shouldn't. I yeah, should not be looking around. Careful. Oh, you're looking at the wrist alarm, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. I have a thing for alarm, alarm watches. Yeah. But uh, I'm but telling you, I like. I've got a lot that I don't have on there. I'll have to show you some, uh, or or maybe I won't. You know, if you <laughs> maybe not a good idea. But, but yeah, I've got, I've got quite a few, and I've actually had ones on there that were very modest and that I put up for sale. Mm-hmm. And like for a month's time, nobody bought it. So I just took it off and I'm like, nope, I'm keeping it. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. I'm not going to buy it. Like, like I didn't really want to sell this to begin with. <laughs> uh, but if like, if nobody's going to snag, I mean, especially, you know, I think for an alarm, you know, when you look at the range of kind of vintage watches, I guess you, you I, I do, I am a quote unquote, you know, retail kind of seller. Um, so, but I'm, but at the same time, you know, you're generally, you know, with a lot that I'm selling on there, I'm making sure it's just about as clean as it's generally going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, you know, this, and, and I don't say any of this stuff like with the intent of it being negative towards anybody else. So don't get me wrong. There's like, I have a lot of friends, a lot of, you know, quote unquote colleagues and people who sell who it's just, it's just a little hobby. Right. And don't get me wrong like that. I'm totally all for it. Have no qualms. Like I said, I come kind of the, my, my prior life is the, is the tax accounting world. So I'm a little more peculiar about things sometimes. Um, and there's some where I'll be like, yeah, here's this watch. And people ask about, yeah. And I'll tell them, yeah, there's got this little place that bothered me. And they're like, I don't even see what you're talking about. (laughs) Um, you know, so, which is always a good thing. You know, I'd rather be a little bit more overly critical, but, um, but yeah, some of these, um, you know, there's just, there's some of them that are just too cool. Um, and I try to make sure, you know, that the crystals are polished. Um, there's a lot of them that take a little work, especially if they've got an original crystal that's not right. gouged mm-hmm. or cracked. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to spend some time on it to really clean that thing up to where it's not distracting, you know, because there's so many beautiful dials and, you know, pretty faces out there. And if you don't let them, you know, if you, some, you're, you're going to wind up with original crystals that have some things that you can't do a whole lot about. And there's a lot of those that don't have brand that are not, you can, I can kind of pick them up and look and tell whether it's basically just a generic crystal. Um, you know, some of those I'll just go ahead and replace. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just making sure that, you know, things are, as cl- you know, just about as clean as they're going to be, as pretty as they're going to be, so that hopefully my goal is always if you get that watch in your hand, you at least think it looks as good as my pictures, but hopefully better. Right. Yeah. That's that's kind of my my end goal on that. But, but yeah, there's a there's just a there's a lot of little ones like like some of the wrist alarms and stuff um, that I probably don't even have on there because oh. I don't have bulk of what I've got. You on shouldn't there. have said that's that. Just- <laughs> So so neat though. I mean, it's uh, like it like you said. It's it's one of those that has that's a very functional complication. It's got your four hands on there, which always catches people's eye to begin with. Um, and a lot of them had you know a really attractive 
dials, you know, I seem to find. It seems like if you go through the broad spectrum of whether it's Seikos, right, even all the way up to your Mimavoxes and stuff like that, um, you just had a lot of pretty dials. That's just one of the watches that, I mean, if anything, it might just be pretty simple, you know, and pretty minimalist. That yeah, they're charming. For, mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part, that's his. That's his kind of uh, quote unquote bad as it would get is just be simple and minimalist. So it's mm. nice to see that you don't tend to have a bunch of just like yeah, you know, no thanks. <laughs> um, they're generally all at least well. I mean, you can't dislike that a whole lot. There's just not a whole lot to dislike there. It's you know, four yep. hands, simple dial, you know, brush dial. You know what? What you can't have a big problem with that. So yeah, no, exactly. Well, we're at about God. We're coming up on an hour and a half. I could keep going for like hours talking about this, oh, but we no. well, we, we could, do have to we wrap. Could continue pick wrong, on. Pick the wrong person if you want to. Do <laughs> well, there, there is there's as long as you want. There is one thing that I want to cover before we wrap this. Um, yeah. For the benefit, and you can always you can always edit me out. Just remember, <laughs> are you kidding me? You this is all awesome stuff. But for the benefit of our of our listeners who. Maybe they're new to watch collecting, but more to the point, they don't really, they don't have vintage pieces and they look at it and they go, man, some of the vintage stuff's amazing, but they're afraid to kind of make that leap because they don't have any idea what they're doing. What, what's the best advice that you can give to folks that are looking at maybe dipping their toe into that vintage market? They want to figure out how to do it and you know, what kind of research to do. What, what would you tell someone that's, that's looking to kind of get into the vintage world? Well, I remember the when I first got in, I remember I probably got on I probably got on Watch You Seek, you know, years ago and went in the vintage section and probably asked what you see I bet you know, 15 threads a month, even even now half the time. But um is well, I'm kind of new to this. What should I be looking at? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of thing. And pretty early on, I probably got some some of the older guys to just say, "Don't buy anything. Exp- don't buy anything really expensive." Um, like, w- and we're talking when you're referring to eBay and stuff like that. Right. So it it was kind. It's kind of one of those where, depending on what you want, you know, if you want a watch. If, if you want a vintage watch just out of the gate, that is one that you like the style of, that's an extremely good example, um, then look around, uh, look at some of the, the dealers. Uh, you can look them up and search them. There's a ton of reputable dealers out there, you know, or just even if they don't consider themselves dealers, you know, people who sell, who um, are respectable and are going to, be honest with you and all that kind of thing. You you can you can usually wind up finding one that you would feel comfortable with if if that's exactly where you want to go. If you're not, if you haven't been in vintage watches really at all, and you kind of were like I was, I I knew the time period, I knew kind of the time period that I was looking at because of you know all the old baseball card stuff and just my dad growing up. I knew about where I wanted to be time wise, but. Sometimes you just need to, hey, let me let me uh, stay inexpensive, you know, and kind of ha- set your boundaries. Get get an idea of of like put a put a maximum limit on a buy if it's on eBay or whatever, mm-hmm. and see if you can find some stuff that's that's not going to be 
depressing and is not going to put you out, you know, for the week or the month if you buy it and it needs more it needs more work than you think right. or even if it's not quite what you had hoped it would be. Um, you know, there's still a lot of stuff out there if you look at stuff that winds up selling that um, is not doesn't go for a fortune. So, right. um, you know, so start a lot small, of your basically. Your di- yeah, I would say start small or start with somebody that you trust, you know, find somebody uh, that you feel confident in being able, in, in being able to get something from um, and, and do research. You know, there's nothing wrong with just Googling what you see, trying to find more examples, trying to, you know, see that type of stuff. But the best thing that I usually say, I think, I think on that, um, that post that I made with all those bullivas sitting in my watch box the other day. Oh yeah. Um, I just brought it up. I think with that one kind of, you know, that the, uh, the caption to it really wasn't about bullivas. It was about collecting. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's, that, that picture is, does not include some of even some of my favorite bull of a models that I have. So that was just some of the ones that I knew people would just recognize at a glance, but I kind of explained in there kind of what my view on it is. And, and if you come in looking at looking at a collection, uh, you know, with the intent of, of having a collection for some people, a collection is I'd like to have five watches that I enjoy that don't break the bank that I can wear Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday mm-hmm. to work. That may be a collection for some people. And that is, that's awesome. I mean, that is, there. there's that, you don't have to be in this to have a hundred watches and to have a, have multiple watch boxes and have a special place in your house. You, you don't have to have that. I mean, um, there's, there's so much fun to be had in just, you know, like shoes. What if I want a couple of different pair of shoes to wear to work? Or a couple to it's just it's that kind of thing, but it's not if you're going into it as a collection, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And when I started, it was I was like, oh, I want to buy this. I want to add another one. I want to you know I just wanted to f- just search until I found another one. I mean, at the same time, I was buying watches that might have been twenty or thirty dollars a piece. But it was like, okay, let's look on there and see. This next one hasn't even come in. But let me just see if there's another one that's like, oh, gosh, that dial is fantastic. That looks excellent. And I didn't mind, you know, 32, 33, 34 millimeter watches. So, oh, I'll snag that. I mean, you know, in the end, I get 10 deep and I'm in, you know, $250 or $300, you know. So um, it's not really a big deal. But go for what you like. I, I think the biggest thing personally for me is, and I do, I do own watches that I think other people like more than I do. I mean, just just because of the nature of what I do, I, I do own some like that. But um, the main thing for me is people would say, "Well, what's your? I don't know what to say. What's your apocalypse watch, or what's your Armageddon watch? You know, the kind of what's the one that you'd wear?" And I'm kind of like, I don't really. If it comes down I to agree. me wearing one watch, <laughs> I can't really pick. Care. Like, yeah. Things are bad. Things are bad all around. I'm not really worried about a watch if I have to exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but so it's kind of it's kind of uh, buy what you like. You know, don't. It's easy to follow. You know, with social media, it's easy to follow people and like what they like. That's one of the reasons that I, you know, I don't really go out there and promote it. But on a lot of my posts of my smaller watches and in, on some of my friends' feeds when they post these, I'll do hashtag class not mass. 
because there's so many <laughs> yeah. watches where it's like, man, that's a cool watch. It, it, it netted you way less likes than your other posts. But I'm here to let you know that you need to like what you appreciate. Just because other people wear big watches, just because other people uh, have certain brands or certain models that are just hot right now, and you're seeing it every 10th post on Instagram, don't let what other people are going to think of what you wear affect what you buy because you're yeah. the one that has to live with it. That's, um, that's I why I like buying a watch. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's one of my mottos is buy what you love and love what you buy and don't let anybody bully you about it. Yep. 100%. I mean, it's it's just, it's just, you know, you, I know what it's like buying a watch and having money in a more desirable watch that sits on, uh, you know, in my safe or on a shelf or on my desk as much as the $30 watch sitting beside it. So I know what it's like not really getting getting the the same value and the wear and everything out of a watch that's a hundred you know 150 times more expensive than the other one right type thing you know so I, I think in the end um for a lot of people unless you there is there is a thing you know there is such a thing as having fun on social media and um you know building a collection that other people like you know it, if you looked at it from a quasi business perspective, right? It, it brings people to your, to your page and it helps you build friends and a community and, and a group. And, and that's, that's kind of a little bit of a separate thing and it's completely understandable and it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. But for people who just like buying, you know, just want to buy some things for them to have. It's not about, you know, building necessarily a big Instagram account or this or that. Yeah, I would say buy what you like and you and what you gravitate gravitate towards. If there's some of these watches that are just not well known or seem to be a little bit smaller and they don't bother you, and you see that dial and you go, that that just you know strikes a chord with me. That immediately makes me go, that's great. I haven't seen one of those. I'd love to have that. That's the stuff that you pull the trigger on a yeah. lot of times. I, totally. We, yeah. I I think we uh, my husband and I tend to have kind of a wide range of you know we have pretty diverse tastes just even within our own collections Great. like i uh for example i i emailed you and i won't talk too much because we're running out of time here but um yeah, yeah. i dm'd you a photo of this seiko i found on ebay and this is a, probably one of the you were talking about funky and yeah and, and trying to identify dates but this is one of the most unusual watches i have and the striping oh, yeah, on it, it kind of, yeah, I was kind of thinking eighties at first, but it's, um, it's a basic manual wind. It, it What's it called? Any, the one a or something? I don't know. But I mean, to me, I look wow. at that. I'm like, it could be sixties. It could be seventies. Like it could be race, like an eighties throwback. I don't know. Well, that's, not, that's atomic age looking. That's almost. what I thought. Yeah. That's what yeah, I thought. It and is. it is a manual wind and it's got the original bracelet on it, which, you know, and, and it wears quite large. It's a, it's a large case. Yeah. But it's got that sort of Gucci shape too, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm not sure I cannot yeah, identify when, the year of this one yet. So if you have any, that's kind of like what I was talking about on on some of the Seikas. There are, yep. you know, while while it's definitely helpful that they did the the end year and the month. There's some of those that you're just going never seen it, yeah. never looked it up, <laughs> no, yep. no clue. I can't yeah. find it in any catalog. <laughs> I've gone through every single Seiko catalog that the collect that the Seiko experts have published. I cannot yeah. find that watch. 
It is. It what's has, the yeah. What's the first digit on the back of that one? Did you know? Yeah. I, let me get my bifocals here. Yeah. It you is. To um, five four one zero six five. I mean, yeah, that one's tough. I it, I it would. Is. Yeah. I uh, yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I I mean, I would think I that would make me think maybe 75 i mean because there was so much Mm -hmm. the 70s there was just they were going all over the place and and um you got to a point where you started seeing less and less of just kind of the modest things then when you got toward the you know anytime you 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 kick over into those 80s you start going quartz heavy exactly and this is manual so yeah so not a not a self-winding it's a manual basic standard mechanical that would and I've got that'd two of them. My, that'd be my guess. But it's fun. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, and it and it's neat to have. That's one of those like the unique pieces we were talking about, where when somebody sees it, they're like, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. Like, never seen it. Yeah. You know. And no when clue. I saw a second one, I grabbed it because I love to have spare parts. <laughs> but they <laughs> both work really well. <laughs> they both they both work great, yeah. and they keep really yeah. good time. So it's yeah. nice sometimes to be able to, um, you know. Also, I, I've probably done that with some of mine before is it have two models swap the nicest of the parts all onto one and then have another that you can that you don't mind just wearing around and if you're outside and doing a little yard work and things you know what i mean it's i've never hard on any of my watches in the scheme of things but um you know just one that you don't mind wearing around all the time and then you've got one example that's like the best you know pristine Uh, some people are funny some people are funny about it being you know, well, you change something up and, and I, and I, while I do get that, there are, you also technically have no idea if what's in its original by now. Right. Yeah. So there's also, you know, so it, I kind of, especially watches that didn't cost you a fortune. Sometimes it's like, don't, I wouldn't overly worry about that kind of stuff. It's different if you're putting like a completely wrong case back from a different model and yada, yada. But as far as kind of, getting watches that you've got uh the that that are that are the same and you're just kind of putting the best case body or well you know they call a lot of those bezels right right um you'll see them referred to as bezels but um even though they're not press on bezels or mm-hmm. external external bezels but um you know it's kind of nice to get the the nicest one you know I've, I've had ones before where the hands they're the exact same hands you know everything's right but one's just got a better dial, and it's like, hey, let's just let's make it look consistent because there are are some watches that have hands look hands look a lot better than the dial, and you're like, well, it almost doesn't even match up. It looks like great hands right. and yeah. rough rough dial, and then it's like, well, why don't I put the good hands with the better dial? Mm-hmm. It would it makes more sense. Um, I generally don't ever do that on watches that I sell, but I have probably done that with some of my own mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. just. To have a better, you know, to have a better example, and and I don't know, you don't know, technically movement wise or anything if they've been swapped out. Bulva, for instance, like I was telling you, made so many uh, parts and things that you could have had somebody get water in the watch, right, and take it immediately to their watch guy, and he had uh, one of those movements that he had from parts that he had just got done serving, he could just, he could have just dropped out your automatic movement stuck on the same one. Yep. 
but a yep. technically different and put it back up and you'd have you'd have no clue you know they weren't they weren't like we are today <laughs> they did they were much more practical with fixing something because watches were a practical thing right. not yeah. a novelty right. yeah. yeah no totally that's a good point that's really cool well i, wow. I hate to do it but i think we gotta I wrap know. man this has been we a need ton to talk of again amazing information um and Absolutely. i, w- I will tell our listeners if you've ever thought about vintage right or have seen some cool vintage stuff you definitely want to check out jared's site buyingontime.com one of the things i like about what you do jared is that you've got you know you don't have it's not all high-end stuff right or it's not all super bargain basement you've got you know cool offerings from 300 bucks up to a couple thousand and even a little more depending on the on the watch but just such a good variety you tend to gravitate towards things that have really the colors that really pop out or some feature that really pops out. So, you know, I, I would definitely encourage all of our listeners to check it out. Follow Jared on uh, Instagram at buying on time. Appreciate it. You can sign up on, on the website for updates, but definitely check it out. Jared, I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for getting together. I know we've been trying to do this for a while and it's been a heck of a lot of fun for us. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff. If you if you wind up falling in the, the class, not mass category like me, and you like simple watch and stuff, I've probably got a ton that never make it to the website because people <laughs> won't even, even half pay them any attention. And they're watches that I've bought and worn, you know, once every six months and just excellent examples. So I've got a lot of stuff like that that, um, you know, I could I could put I could have the probably my my watch store just slam packed. But um, <laughs> if you have, like I always tell people, don't ever hesitate to ask if you're looking sure. for something or if you like other stuff or if you just need help. I get a lot of people just asking me, hey, what do you think about these watches? Or I'm looking at this watch. What do you think? I never mind helping because um, when it all boils down to it, what I do and my passion when it comes to this involves people way more than it does the watches. Mm. It's the most the most fun thing is like with you guys getting to talk to you guys and and getting people who who just walk up to you or stumble on your page and want, you know, some advice with this because they don't know, you know, they've never had known anybody to talk to about it or have a sure. question about, you know, that's the fun stuff is really being able to help people and and show um show that there's a lot of good in the community uh with bringing you know this kind of with this kind of hobby totally couldn't couldn't agree more and it's what it's all about so yep absolutely thanks man we appreciate it it. yeah thank you so much thank you guys let's let's do it again sometime if you ever need me just holler we will all right wow that was awesome that was a lot of fun talking to jared what do you think it was fantastic He's so knowledgeable, yes. Oh my gosh. We could have talked to him for a couple days straight. Yeah. Have yeah. some plans for some follow up podcasts with him. Yep. And just an all around knowledgeable, great guy down to earth. I and mean, we stayed on a, Skype a, a for like friend. an yeah. hour and a half after we finished we recording. <laughs> <laughs> it was just yeah. it was just fun to talk to him. So yeah. um hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh as always, make sure you're tagging us on Instagram. Go in and give us a quick review. We didn't uh, read any reader reviews off of iTunes, but we are going to be continuing to do that on on certain podcasts. And if we do read your review, you're going to get some fun swag. So that reminds me of we have some swag to send to someone yeah. this week. So I've gotten a couple of DMs that are 
really complimentary of what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. So we'll read those next time because this has gotten into a gotten to be a pretty long podcast. It has. And we have some new listeners that have reached out to us, some new collectors. Really uh, awesome. Keep doing that. We, we love hearing that. So uh, the more people we're bringing into this, the better. Um, so that is it for today's show. I am Ranch Racer. I'm Perpetual Girl. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.